You're listening to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We have got a bonus episode this week. We are at episode 118. This is a live webinar that was recorded just this morning with three incredible business owners talking about the business strategies that they're using for success right now. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, founder, author, speaker, and bold branding and business coach. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to step up as the CEO to scale and grow. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast. It is awesome to have you here. This week, I've got something a little bit different for you. I recently recorded an a webinar with a number of my Brand Builder Academy students. And so I got them online and we were answering the questions that I get all the time from so many people about how they're running their business successfully, some of the strategies that they're using, how they found their clients when they started, and also how they're finding clients now. So I am not going to wait any longer. We are going to dive straight into this episode because there is so much goodness in it. And it's an extra long one as well. So enjoy. I'm going to ask the ladies a number of questions just around their business, how they got started, how they got their first clients, and also some of the strategies that are working right now for them in their business as well. And what I'd love you to do is feel free to ask any questions in the chat And we'll also come back to those as well as we go. So don't be shy. Um, We'd love you to get involved as well. So. Okay, cool. Hey, I'm Jessica Roberts. Um, I'm one half of The Who Photography and Design. Um, And going back about a year ago, um, let me just rephrase that. So I think about um, it's been about a year and a half, I think, since we started the business. Um, I've been a photographer for 10 years. And I got to the point where I was like, I need to do more. Um, it, so basically I came up with this concept of the who. And um, and then Crystal, who is my business partner, did my branding. And um, she was amazing, amazing to work with. So I had to bring her on board. And then it's just evolved from there. So about a year ago, or just uh, I think it was like September last year, we joined Brand Builders Academy. Uh, and it like been absolutely the best thing that we've done um we kind of vaguely knew who we wanted to work with we vaguely knew like what we enjoyed doing um but through doing the process of brand builders academy um we like really just nutted everything out like it's amazing and now we're actually working with our dream clients so yeah it's pretty cool i think um with our business um probably the best thing that we've done is like when we started Brand Builders Academy, we had to kind of come up with a statement of where we wanted to be and who our dream and dream clients were. And um, that whole thing of sitting down and working that out was probably the most valuable thing that we've done Um, because if you don't know who you want to work with, then you're probably not going to work with them. (laughs) Um, And let's be honest, if you, yeah, like if you... um, if you don't, if you don't work with people that you want to work with, your life is going to be pretty bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, so we nutted out that we wanted to basically, like, what we wanted to do was to start with someone's journey and um, to build their brand, their design, design their brand from the, 
from the beginning. Um, and that might be a brand refresh or it might be the whole brand. And then we wanted to follow that through with doing all of their visual photography, video, if that was something they needed as well, and then go on to then build their shop front through a website with either Squarespace or Shopify. So now we have like this really clear um, idea of what our customer's journey is and um, and also who we want to work with. Um, and it's funny, um, in the beginning, we knew who we wanted to work with because we were just somehow like, well, just somehow getting our dream clients, but it wasn't, um, we weren't doing the whole process the way we wanted to. So there was so many gaps. So yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. Um, and so what was the, when you started your business, what one of the ways that you got your first clients? Yeah. So um, I talk to everybody. I think that um, when you like, if you live your life and you kind of talk to people and are really interested in them and like that's a really great way of discovering opportunities. Like sometimes opportunities are like right in front of you and if you don't talk to people, then you don't know. So um, I was actually like my little boy was kindy still and I was talking to one of the mums and it turned out that she was a thought leader and then I was telling her about like what we were doing and it turned out that she needed what we wanted to do um, with our business. So um, that first client was like $25,000 client. It was massive, and um, I just somehow just like through talking and stuff, maybe just yeah, just got that contract. It was kind of a bit epic, um, but yeah, we yeah. kind of didn't have any processes in place, I guess. So, um, yeah, so I guess like in answer to your question, I talk to people and I find out what their story is, and I find out like I just love hearing what people's what, what they want to do, and like. I'm applying what my knowledge is, I guess. Um, and yeah. like, yeah, in a way, I guess you do that with everybody as well. And I think the thing is, is that if you're really confident about speaking about what it is that you do and you have a really clear message about how you help, then when you have those conversations with people, I think it triggers things as well where they're like, oh my gosh, I need that. So yeah, I definitely. think that having a really clear, confident, succinct message I think works amazingly. So that is a great start. Anna, I would love you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about you and how you got started. Yeah, so hi everyone. I'm Anna Smale and I'm a marriage celebrant uh, based in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, I got started um, back in 2016 and it was really just after attending quite a few weddings and being involved in lots of weddings with my friends that I really, um, yeah, loved what the celebrant did. And through the process of myself getting married um, and chatting with my celebrant, I thought, yeah, this is definitely a little, at first, a side hustle um, that I thought I could do and work full time and then also do this as a little bit of a hobby. Um, but yeah, once I got registered and, and started it, I, yeah, really loved it and thought, you know, I'm gonna try and really make this a, you know, a full-time thing if I can. Um, yeah, so I kind of just kind of, yeah, gradually built it up myself over the first couple of years. Um, and then I decided um, it was really after I, I met Suze at a wedding industry education night that I thought, no, I could definitely take this um, further and really kind of grow my business. And yeah, yeah, kind of since then and since starting BBA, I've kind of expanded into a lot more um, areas. So I started up my own Celebrate Network um, and I'm a Celebrate Mentor. So I was able to use, yeah, skills from my, I suppose, corporate world of, of learning and development 
and apply that to running the Celebrate Network. Um, and then also just through networking and meeting other suppliers, I've now also um, joined up and, and teamed up with some other wedding suppliers to co-own the Bayside Wedding Collective, which is a group of suppliers that will help couples plan their wedding day. And as a part of that, we also have an event space, um, events on Citrus. So I'm now moving into Man. the event coordinator position. Um, so yeah, really just kind of branching out and exploring, yeah, the possibilities that's out there with, with my role. So I'm not just a celebrant, I can, yeah, I can expand into different areas. And, and that's definitely something that I really took away from BBA as well. Yeah, awesome. And so when you were starting out, how did you get some of your first clients? Um, so really it was same as Jess. It was it was that word of mouth. I think once people know that you're you're doing something and you're a celebrant, you know, the first thing they say is, Oh, I know someone getting married and oh, this person's getting married, I'll refer you on. Um, so that's kind of initially how I got it, um, got some of my clients in the first year. And then from then, after you got, you know, a couple of weddings under your belt, it's again word of mouth from those at weddings, but also networking. So I found it really here comes my daughter running. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I found just really networking as well. So not just with other celebrants, but also, but yeah, just photographers and videographers and florists and just other people in the wedding industry, but also outside of the wedding industry. And I think that was another really big thing that I learned from, um, from BBA is it's so important to network and learn outside of your industry. And, mm. you, I, and for me, I got really stuck in just being in the wedding industry. Yeah. Um, and it was when I branched out and, you know, networked and met some of the other BBA ladies that, you know, might not do anything wedding related, but were still being able to network. Um, yeah. And just in other areas too, I've just, I've just found that, you know, finding other women in business, no matter what it is, connect with them because you might get some kind of work. Um, yeah. And that's when I also started the event um, MC. So I got asked early this year before Melbourne went into lockdown to MC an event for yeah. another woman in business. And yeah, that, again, that just is the exposure for me. That's great, Anna. We're going to move on to Chrissy now. Chrissy, great to have you on. Um, do you want to give our listeners a little bit of a overview of who you are, how you got started um, and what your business is? Sure. So thanks for having me, Suze. I am Chrissy Davies, otherwise known as the Child Charmer. Um, my business is called Chaos to Calm Consultancy, and I am a child behaviour expert who specialises in educating families and teachers about how to understand children's challenging behaviour. I have now been in my business for nearly seven and a half years. Yay! And uh, it's been a slow burn, as everybody would know, but, you know, I made it past the five-year mark, so that was a huge celebration. So um, the core of my work is now around um, I run online programs, I do lots of professional development, run workshops for families, and I'm just really passionate about spreading the word about how fabulous children really are. Awesome. And so how did you get your first clients when you started? What strategies worked for you? Yeah, the really, I, and I credit this constantly to other women in business who are starting out, is that I really did a lot of work in online Facebook groups. Okay. Real, really established groups that were filled with mums. And I did a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> 
answering comments, quest, you know, like really engaging in the group, um, almost like trying to establish my knowledge and my credibility so that other people who were reading it would see that I knew what I was talking about. And then what actually really happened beautifully, Suze, was organically people started tagging me. So I got my first clients in that group um, and then they did the work for me, which was great, you know. So when you offer a great product and a service, obviously people then go, going to go on and tell other people about what you offer. So it just snowballed really, really quickly for me. Um, but that's literally where I got my first clients from, Facebook groups. I have to say, so did I. Mm. I had a Facebook group years ago um, that I closed down. I had about three or 4,000 women in that. Uh, and yeah, I think, and I think it is just the adding value, connecting, yes. once again, getting your name out there, those sorts of things when you're starting out is just so important. And that group, I think had over 5,000 women in it. So it was quite big. It wasn't my own group. It was like a mums and bubs group. And every Wednesday they allowed business promotion. And so there I was every Wednesday showing up, adding value, yeah. not just promoting. And I think that's, you know, one of the biggest things we've learned through our business. And, you know, I've learned from working with you too, is that you can never give enough value to people. They will still buy from you. So don't be scared to give away your knowledge. Yeah, which, which you do phenomenally through your podcast, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the other thing is, is that, you know, like you do give away a lot of knowledge, but there's so much more to it. Mm. Like, you know, I think for people to actually learn the skills that you teach parents or learn the business skills that I teach in Brand Builders Academy, like you can tell people things and give them tips and stuff, but to actually do the work they've got to kind of work with you to do that because yes. it's too much. Like you can't give all that away. It doesn't work. No. So yeah, I think that that's great. And so what about now? Obviously that's how you started. How are you getting clients now? Because I think that's kind of what a lot of people are asking is what are the strategies that you're using right now to get more clients? So my strategy for this year was Instagram. Yeah. In in really investing time and energy into growing that community on Instagram and upskilling myself and showing up every day and really engaging and building um, that following. And it, we know it's not just about the numbers, it's about the engagement and the connection. And that was really part of my marketing strategy this year. My course last round in May sold out on Instagram. In Instagram Amazing. stories, like it's when I tell people this, this, you know, scenario, they can't believe it, but it's true. It's absolutely true because you're connecting with people through video, turning up every day. They feel like they know you, right? Um, and I think for me, I was, I was sort of a bit Ooh, about Instagram, but now I love it. I'm like, it's my favorite platform. You know, I love hanging out there and in the stories, which I know you love as well. Um, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's more fun than Facebook or, gosh, LinkedIn. Oh, ugh, dead to me. Oh, just, it's like so dry <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, the latest craze is TikTok. You'll never see me on TikTok either. But I think it's one of the things, especially when you're starting out, is someone once said to me, pick two platforms and do them really well. Yeah. And I did Facebook really well when I was starting out and I sort of ignored Instagram. And now since I've upped my Instagram game, it's paying off beautifully. 
So yeah, but I also think it's, you know, I think that has worked and I always joke around and say, I run my business through Instagram. Obviously mm. I have all the systems in the background that yes. you need, but yeah, I do as well. Um, I think it's the whole thing of you've really got to look at where your customers are and where they're engaging and where you enjoy showing up as well. And yeah. I think if you can find that sweet spot of mm. this is where my customers, customers are, this is what I love doing, this works, then I think that that kind of is a great place to be for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And it's and it's just fun. I like it. And I love getting the messages from mums or, you yeah. know, I'll give away a tip or I'll share something about my kids and they say, oh, my kids do that too. And so that's that community building that you're creating through the connections with women for me that I work with, who's my, you know, target market mums that I've never met. But, but we have this almost like camaraderie um, or, you know, it, it might be that just that one message I remember to a mum last round I sent to her and she's like, right, that's it. I'm signing up for your course today. Amazing. You know, so you just that little bit extra often can then convert to sales for you. Yeah, for sure. And even this morning I, um, I did a post that Brown Builders are about- Brand Builders Academy cart is closing today. And I always like a little bit of tongue in cheek. And I'm like, if you've been sitting on the fence, Mm. number one, careful you don't get splinters, Um, Mm. but it's time to jump off. And I had somebody in the comments say, all right, I'm taking the splinters out of my butt and I'm joining today. And so I think you've got to have that call to action. You've got to show up regularly and do that. But it's such an incredible platform for Mm. engaging and having, it's not all serious. And I think Mm. that's what, we love about it too mm. is that you and can show your personality absolutely and i was just going to say i think that was one of my biggest breakthroughs from working yeah. with you and brand Beatles academy was really just finding your authentic voice and being you and being unashamedly you and people will love you for who yeah. you are or they'll move on you know and really embracing who who you are and i remember saying to you when we we're working through some of the mindset stuff about i don't know why i'm i'm too i'm holding back i'm too there's things i want to say but i'm not saying them because i'm worried or yes. i'm still living in fear of judgment of what other people will think about me your family and friends predominantly you know yeah. <laughs> um not not your clients and that's the breakthrough isn't it? it's like your family and friends are not your clients so stop worrying about what they think about you and honestly sue since i just started embracing who i am my personality my opinions you know my thoughts and ideas are, that are centered around years and years of knowledge and you know working with families i'm not just making it up yeah I just flourished. My business just flourished, you know, and people were really attracted to what I was offering. So it's like, just get out of your own way, ladies. (laughs) Right. So true. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's great. So, uh, so the next thing that I wanted to ask you ladies is uh, over the last 12 months, what have been three things that you've changed in your business that's had the biggest impact? I'm going to answer your question, but I just wanted to add something to what Anna just said. Um, I used to be a wedding photographer and, um, you know, I only like only was with like the wedding industry people. And it's so interesting. Like I, what Anna is saying is so true. Like there's so much more out there and there's so much that we can learn from each other in different industries. And, you know, it's not always just about getting the work from those people. Like it's, or, you know, it's it just building profile and credibility in your profession um, is is so valuable. So, yeah, I thought that was a great point. Um, Yeah. Okay, so back to what Sue's 
your question. It's like really interesting actually, but so I'm going to start with the first thing. It's not going to be exactly in order, um, but one of the things that we've done, everybody, like I've been in business um, for myself for about 12 years now, and I only just last year in this business have got a bookkeeper. And I think that that's probably the best probably one of the best things there's so many things that are the best things but um actually outsourcing that to someone has been so valuable for us because um i'm not a natural with numbers and it was taking me away from my genius (laughs) um and i was spending days on what should have really been only taking an hour um so that's one thing that's been like huge and i think by having someone and paying someone to do that for us it's made, made us grow um so that's one thing the second thing, um, I know, like, I don't want to just sell Brand Builders Academy because, but for me, um, I've done lots of courses over the last 10 years um, and Brand Builders, Builders Academy, um, like, it's it spoke to me and made me action what I, maybe some of the things I already knew that you know, I needed to do, but it put it in the right order for us to do it. Um, we still haven't finished everything in the course, but I think that's okay. Um, so definitely doing Brand Builders Academy has been one of those three things. Um, it, it's held me accountable and the group has also been really supportive. I think that that's the other thing as well that goes with that. Mm-hmm. Um uh, within the Brand Builders Academy, I think the the thing that I would say, if this all fits within the same category, is actually finding um, what our uh, like our pitch is, what our elevator pitch, and that, like you know, this is something I've known about for years. Like I studied marketing, but um, it's sometimes it's very hard to apply that to yourself. And I think having a group to be able to kind of bounce ideas off and work out what your neon sign is is um like it's so much more valuable than anything um really so like it's such a simple concept but it's so powerful um so we build extraordinary brands for those that dare to be different yeah yeah it's it's pretty like all-encompassing but we know what that actually means and we know that um that that means working with someone from the beginning to the end and making making them have a brand that they can then maintain themselves um so and so that's what it is. So, yeah, like we didn't have that clear idea before and like to some extent we're already doing it. But I think um, you kind of need to be very clear on that. Like I remember a few people saying, so what is it that you actually do? And I was like, yeah, so that, that's like that's really interesting that you say that because obviously I'm not doing my job very well yeah. um, because that's what we do. We brand people and we, you know, visually show them, you know, and if we weren't doing that then, you know, like it's pretty poor, right? So, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, hopefully now people do know what we do and if they don't, then maybe they're not the right clients for us. So Yeah, and I think it also the other thing is is that we talked about having a really clear message so that you can talk to people really succinctly and powerfully about what it is that you do, but it also names and claims your audience. So, you know, for people who dare dare to be different, um, I think that, that really speaks to people who are like, you know, something that's me, I want to be like that. So I think that that's something that's definitely, I think it's worth its weight in gold, if I'm honest. Because um, I've always said that the word bold is gold for me. I get both yeah. corporates and small businesses that yeah. contact me. I literally had one yesterday that was a law firm that's like, we want our people to be bolder. We want them to break the mold. We want them to be more confident in how they talk about things. Can you run like a 
like a number of group sessions across Australia for our teams. And so like I'm in that discussion, but that word, people really connect with it. So I think that having that really clear message is so important. Uh, we're finding the same thing actually Sue is like you know um our, our audience is definitely like women in business you know that want to be different but um you know we have been we've had uh, like yesterday we did a video for the law firm and the reason they came to us is because they wanted something different they wanted to stand out and they got that from that, that one sentence um so yeah it's it is interesting yeah definitely um so yeah coming back to my third thing um Oh, I had this just a second ago. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I've got it. It's really good. Um, so, um, like, so the course goes for eight weeks um, and the first time we did it, like, we didn't finish it because it, it's so, there's so much to do if you do it properly. But I think that that's okay, you know, yeah. because you have access to it. Like, you know, I think we're I'm up to the third round now, Crystal and I are, and we dip in and out of it. Um, but so from doing that first one, which we really put everything to, um, we kind of established everything but then like about I think about six months after that we go away every three months and that's something that Sue's always says she likes but we actually got that idea from her like saying that she needed that you needed like you know you need to have space for your business um yeah like to actually implement all the things but um so we went away and we actually created our new website um the way we do for our clients we spent I think it was five days just creating all the content getting it all on there and, and doing it the bba way yeah. <laughs> um and that's been the best thing like awesome. yeah it's um we're yeah the first time that someone's because we do the whole shebang so that's what um the whole journey with our customers and we call it the whole shebang and i remember the, i think it was deb mcnaughton who we just finished with an artist in melbourne um who came and i remember when we first got that email like i was like jumping up and down and screaming. I was like, yay, it's work, people want it. Um, but it was all because of the website, like and how we were able to message that correctly. Yeah. And yeah. But I also think it's the offer. So this is the other thing, and I've spoken about it on other live webinars, is the value. So when you create a value-packed offer, that is a no-brainer for people. And your big shebang, which is photography, website, visual branding, all the rest of it, like that is a no-brainer. It's such an incredible offer. And so this is where you don't want to be trading hours for dollars. You want to create value-packed, um, like, products and services where people are just like, I want that. Yeah? yeah. So I think that's the other thing is that it you really created something that was just like wow factor. And it's so funny because, you know, like I studied marketing 20 years ago and then, you know, over the last 20 years I've, you know, this is all stuff I've done with other people. But until I did Brand Builders Academy, like, and I knew that this is something, you know, like in the photography industry, we always talk about time. This, you know, yeah. you get a two-hour shoot or you get this. And in the design industry, like when you're, you know, contracting out, it's like this will take two hours, so it's two hours of work. But, you know, I always kind of like, knew that it had to be value, but it, like actually then taking that and making it value, is it's so much harder than it, you know, you can say yeah. it, but it's harder to do. So I think that um, the constant, like, right, getting your head and changing that mindset, that's what yeah. enabled us to finally be able to do it. So Yeah, you yeah. don't have to trade hours for dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Anna, are you still with us? I am. Can you- <laughs> um, so what have been three things that you've done in your business that have made the biggest impact over the last 12 months or so? 
So I think the the biggest thing for me was making that decision to really invest in myself and invest in my business. And I, I mean, with your business, you can you can invest in you know marketing. You can invest in good SEO. You know, you can invest in ways in which you're going to be seen. But I really felt like I'd never really invested in myself or my my own development. Yeah. And 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 obviously one of those big steps was doing BBA and. You know, at first I thought, oh, this is just so far beyond, you know, beyond what I'm capable of. And I just don't know if I'm there yet. You know, is it the step I need to take right now? And I'm so glad that I decided to do it and to invest in myself. Um, And I mean, I've invested in some other programs too, um, just to kind of build up some knowledge in different areas. And it's actually kind of been a, a good timing because I mean, I've got a to-do list of, you know, 25 things at the moment of what I want to work on and, you know, kind of being in lockdown and having those restrictions means that I've actually got that time to really implement everything that I'm learning. So, yeah, the number one for me was definitely to invest in yourself. And this year has definitely been, and I looked at my um my statement, um, my expenses. And this has been the the biggest year that I've actually invested in kind of training or development or some kind of program. So yeah, that's definitely been my number one for this year. Um, the other thing that I've really taken on board the last 12 months is is that word bold and, and to be really bold and to um, not ask for permission. And I think that was, again, one of the other things that I learned um, from Suze is this is your business. You are running this yourself. You can do what you want. You don't need permission from anyone else to, to go and do what you want to do. Um, and that really made me, um, I suppose, expand into those different areas. So I expanded into my own Celebrate Network, which... I thought would be uh, crazy of me to do. And there were so many other celebrant networks out there. And I did feel like, oh, am I going to be stepping on anyone's toes by doing this? But I think at the end of the day, it was, this is what I want to do. And I'm really passionate about kind of mentoring and learning and development. So why not use that passion and those skills to, to you know, to, to provide that to other celebrants? Um, and then that went to the other expanded areas of my business too. And, um, the partnerships that I've made. It's just because I haven't been afraid to ask or to go for it. So I yeah. think, yeah, that's a, a really important thing that I also have kind of taken on this year is just not asking for permission, just being bold and just taking that step myself in my business. Yeah, and I love that because I know Anna came to me a while ago and she's like, I really want to do this, but somebody else is doing it. And can I just say to everybody that's on the call, someone else will always be doing something, but it's never a reason not to do it. And so I think that that is one of the biggest things that I definitely teach all of my Brand Builder Academy ladies is really it's time to start like forging your own path, doing what you want to do, not looking around and comparing yourself to others, but really going, what do I want for my business? How am I going to move this forward? And what do I need to do now? So I think that, and you totally like ran with that, which I loved. Um, So Mm. it's so good to see as well. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Um, And yeah, my third one uh, was definitely about learning more about who my customer is. Um, and the work that I want to do. So 
being a celebrant, mm-hmm. I could expand into so many different areas. I can do funerals. I can do baby namings. I can do any kind of ceremonial celebration. Um, but I really felt that, yeah, I, I just needed to really kind of just concentrate on those main services that, again, I'm passionate about and that I want to do. And again, one of the things that I've learned is about also saying no. And, oh, and it's mm. okay to say no to your to the customers who aren't your ideal customer. Um, mm. You know, so if I get inquiries for baby names, it's like, you know, that's great and it sounds amazing as to what you've got planned, but I actually don't do that service and maybe here are some celebrants that do. So I think just, yeah, being confident enough to be able to say no to to someone that's not my ideal customer um, has definitely, again, changed how I run my business and how I'm able uh, to market myself and, um, and yeah, show who I am on social media because I don't want to be posting things on social media that aren't me and that aren't about my business because straight away I'm going to then start attracting the wrong clients again. So, yeah, that's something, again, as my third um, of what I've learned over the last 12 months. Yeah, that's so good. And I think that's the other thing is every time you say yes to somebody who's not your ideal client, you're saying no to a potential ideal client as well because you end up working with all of these people who just happen to come along but may not be right for you. And so kind of having, once again, that strength in your message, the confidence in what you do, to be able to say, actually, no, this is not the right fit, but I can tell you some other people who might be, I think is such an amazing place to be in your business as well, where you're not kind of just taking whatever comes your way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So Chrissy, let's jump to you. And so learning, when we talk about learning and investing over the last 12 months, what have been a couple, two, three things that you feel has changed your business or had the biggest impact on it? Well, I think, and again, from doing BBA with you, you know, we work through me creating an online program that costs a bomb, (laughs) but it's an investment in your business. It reflects the quality that you're presenting and it's, it's totally worth it. And I think, you know, a lot of people look at that program and think, oh, I can't afford that. And it's like, well, when I started, I couldn't afford it either. But it's, it's, I think it's one of those things in business that I've learned very early on always invest in quality, like invest in quality photography, invest in a quality web developer, because I can guarantee you in another year, you will go back and fix it or change it because it it either won't be working for you anymore or you won't be happy with it, you know? And I think when we're starting out, especially because we don't have a lot of cash, we we're looking for that quick fix, you know. We look for the cheap photographer, and I trust me, I've I've been down that trap too, you know. Um, and I think that's the, one of the best pieces of advice, you know, we could give around that is that you um, aim for what you want and you work towards it and save up for it until you get it. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? Because that's what you will be presenting to your clients. Yeah. Um, so definitely, photography has been a huge one for me. Investing in really quality photography. Um, and I think even stuff around the money mindset, investing in learning more about um, becoming a really profitable, sustainable business, like educating myself around that because that's not my area. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about the emotions and the feelings and the, you know, <laughs> emotional intelligence and the financial side of running a business doesn't come naturally for a lot of women. We've got to learn that. 
So I think investing in learning about that has been a big tick for me as well. Yeah. And I think just the mindset around that as well, where it's like, I think a lot of times we automatically, and this I feel is like social conditioning, we automatically think that I'm not very good at that. I'm not Mm. very good at numbers. I'm not very good at finance or things Mm. like that. And I think a lot of women that I've worked with have felt like that. And I actually think that it is just learning it. And once you learn it, it's like anything else. Totally. Like now I get it. Now I understand it. Now I can make the right decisions or manage it in a way that really works for me. Yeah. Um, And I think it is just overcoming that and knowing you can learn anything. Yes, you totally can. You're amazing, highly intelligent woman. Look at you, you run a business. But that's the challenge that we have is that we have to learn every single facet of our business or we delegate, <laughs> you yes. know, to, um, to other people who are better. That's their zone of genius. But, um, you know, you, t- you tend to get more to that when you get, you know, a bit further along in your business. But I think it, it really is one of the hardest things for women running their own business is that they have to learn so many new things and there's only so much time in the day and there's always so much on offer and we want to be doing this and that and the other, but it's about honing it in into what your business needs right now. Yeah. And the other, the other stuff you can still have, but you just got to wait. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it is about prioritizing as well. It's mm. kind of like, what do I need to know right now? Um, Cause I know somebody said to me the other day, Oh, I really want to do BBA, but I feel like I need to get my website up. And so I just said to her, well, I think that's a decision that you've got to make, but do you have your message? Do you know what you're like, what you want to be known for? Do you mm. understand what your brand strategy is? Mm. Do you have products and services to put on your website? And yeah. I think a lot of times we're kind of like, well, I've got my socials and I've got my website. And I'm like, but that does not a business make. Yeah. So I think it's also just looking at the priorities of what do I actually, what foundations do I need in order to like then go ahead and do that next that next step or that next absolutely thing as well. and that's that's what you do so beautifully in BBA it's the back end stuff of running a business that makes it profitable yes we can all do the shiny sparkly branding great logo you know we can we can all do all of that but it's not that is not what makes your business sustainable right yeah it's yeah. it's everything else the systems and processes the back end your messaging you know all that sort of stuff that you teach through the program is really what I think women need to invest more time learning about. Yeah. Awesome. Now we've sort of touched on this a little bit as well, but when it comes to business and money mindset, Mm. what are some of the things that you have sort of dealt with or what have you learned um, over the last couple of years or since having your business? Obviously we just talked about knowing your numbers, but was there anything else that you sort of learnt or have developed Um, along the way? Yeah, setting goals, I think, has never been one of my strong points. (laughs) I mean, I have them loosely in my creative brain, but I'll never forget my husband saying to him, but you don't write them down. I was like, well, I don't need to write them down. I've got them in my... I've got them in my brain, you know. Um, and so even doing some of that money mindset stuff with you about actually having a figure, writing it down, yeah. what do you want to make this month, you know, and, and working towards it. And I'll never forget the first, you know, five grand month I had in my business. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I can do this every month. You know what I mean? And it's like when you actually see that money coming in, And we've talked about this before, that it's, you know, we go into business to be profitable and to create income that we could be getting in a real job, right? So nobody goes into business to not make any money. 
Hmm. That's just the truth, right? We a lot of us are creative or we've got a great product, but the truth is we can't survive on our vibe alone, you know? So we've got to have money coming into the bank and we to be able to grow, which is one of the things that the course, the creating the course has done for me, yeah. that, um, you know, the finances that I've been able to generate from that course have now freed me up this year to invest money into writing a book and to creating my children's book. And do you know what I mean? And so it's given me more freedom to do the other creative things that I really want to do in my business. I just had to wait for the right time. Yeah. And I was actually having that conversation with somebody the other day where they're just like, you know something, I'm working my butt off. I have got a million things that I'm doing. It's not profitable. And it's actually taking me away from doing the stuff that I really want to do. Like I want to start a podcast and I want to be a speaker and I want to do this and I want to do that. But because I'm doing all of the nitty gritty and it's not paying me what I want. I don't have the freedom to now do what I want. So, um, so she's joined BBA as well. Cause it's like, you know, something you want to create that profitable business so that you can actually invest in the things that you really want to do. Mm. And you're not doing the whole trading hours for dollars all the time. Oh, it is possible. That has changed my life. I know yeah. I've spoken to you about this so many times before, but you know, you saying to me through BBA, you have there's so many people in the world who want what you have you know and that was like a light bulb moment for me it was like yeah I actually do know a lot about this stuff <laughs> you know not everybody knows what I know and that's because I've got 20 years of experience and training and education and all that sort of stuff you know it's like you you know so much about your area of expertise and um, what's really interesting about that I think because I work with a lot of women in business as well is one of the other things that you talk about is that when you actually view yourself as the CEO of your business, it's not a hobby. It's your job. You know, that's when you start to really edge forward and make the shift of like, right, I am my own boss. This is my business. It's up to me to make it profitable. Yeah, 100%. I think a lot of women just sort of think, oh, I've got the website, I've got the products, it'll happen. But it doesn't just happen. It's hard work to be constantly pushing and promoting and, you know, talking about what you offer, um, but in a really authentic way. Yeah, amazing. Jess, what would you say um, are the business and money mindsets that you have now that have really helped you? And maybe we can incorporate this into Danny's question around what's really worked um, during COVID too. Yeah. Okay. So business and money mindsets. I remember um, at your book launch, actually, that you said something about um, how you have to step up and be the CEO of your business. Um, And it's kind of pretty powerful because sometimes, you know, people kind of have their head under a rock when it comes to finances. Um, And I think... um, like ever since I've started with the who with crystal, like it's always been really important to me to stay on top of this. Cause maybe in the past I haven't done it as much. Um, yeah. So I don't know, like using a good uh, software program, like we use zero has been like a, the best investment. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then just, you know, just taking responsibility for it and also checking in, um, but also having, um, making sure that you're being paid. Like that was, you know, if you're going to do all this work, you have to make sure that you're getting paid for it um, and valuing that. Um, so, yeah, but, um, yeah, and then there's so so many things that lead on from there. Um, 
so not just being paid but also like um uh, like having good targets so that was something that we did as well in brand builders academy um is working out what you actually want to earn and how you're going to get there um yeah. yeah so uh i think that yeah if you don't have that plan then you're not going to be able to achieve it or if you do it's going to be pretty lucky <laughs> yeah yeah that's so good and anna what do you think about you like when it comes to um, your money and business mindset what are some of the things that you feel have really helped you maybe during this COVID period as well yeah so I think um, similar to Jess in that um, you know be your own um, CEO so I've really dedicated um, you know a lot more time than I have ever before to my business and so yeah. I do CEO Mondays so basically every Monday um, is my daughter free day. So it means I can kind of lock myself in the office. I can register any marriages from what I've done on the weekend. And then I can really sit down and I've got a little bit of a tick list in terms of everything that I need to achieve on that Monday. So if that's things like, yeah, doing my expenses, checking my banking, um, you know, replying to all my emails, just kind of making sure that I've got a fresh start to that week and I have you know, ticked off all of those things that I need to business-wise because that's just something that I never really thought about doing. And I kind of had to sit down one day and go, you know what, I am actually a CEO. I need to do these things and I need to see, you know, where my bookings are coming from, where my inquiries are coming in, where I'm investing in marketing and is it working? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I found that that's been really great. Um, and another thing that I took, I actually think I took it from a podcast of yours, Suze, was the... The 30, 30, 30, 10 rule um, yes. when it comes to um, your income. And once I started applying that, I thought, you know what? 30% of what I'm charging is actually not a lot of income, yeah. um, considering mm. I'm putting some of it into expenses, some's going to tax. So I think once I figured that out, I was like, I need to increase my prices. <laughs> um, so that was something else that I've kind of done in terms of, you know, having that money mindset of, of what actually is my income because what I'm charging isn't what I'm getting um, in terms of income because I've still got to pay mm. tax. I've still got all these expenses. So really it's just been trying to get on top of things. Um, yeah, so just having those systems in place to kind of support my business as well has been something that I've really worked on. Awesome. That's so good. Okay, great. I'm going to come back into the chat now. Um, so were there any additional workarounds uh, when it came to COVID? What are some of the things that you've done, Danny was asking? So Jess, do you want to, was there anything in particular you've done around COVID that's really helped you guys to continue to keep going? Um, yeah, like, well, lots of things really. Um, both Crystal and I have children uh, that are at school, so we've had to do home learning. Um, so that's been a big challenge. So actually not taking on as much work has been one of the things, which has been pretty upsetting, seeing as we've built it to here. But um, uh, what else? Um, I guess just really understanding what all the rules are and just getting advice on things. You know, like some people think that photographers can't shoot. Um, but, and there's so much conflicting advice, but just having a bit of common sense with it and just doing, you know, the utmost that you can do, you know, like yesterday I did do a shoot, um, and I wore a mask the whole time. Um, and, you know, I really respected the rules. And I think that, that, that is kind of one of the things that yeah, has really helped, you know, I'm not being afraid to actually work, um, yeah. when I can. Yeah. Um, okay. 
Yeah. Jess, what kind of shoot was it? Danny's oh, so bizarre. yesterday was a video um, with a law firm and I think I would have been a little bit hesitant if it wasn't a law, law firm, but they were quite confident that it was okay for them. So they wore a mask the whole time except for when they weren't filming. And um, that was, you know, I, I, they were just like, you know, the uh, the TV presenters aren't, um, you know, don't get in front of the camera and have a mask on, do they? So, you know, for this, for this it's okay and the rules allow that. So I was like kind of led by that. Um, but it did make me think afterwards, like there's a lot of ambiguity to the law um, around, um, yeah, like I, yeah, I guess around the whole thing. So, you know, if yeah. you can work, you must work. And how does that look, you know, um, for you? So yeah, I was just going to say, I think the thing is, is don't assume. Yeah. Like I think I've seen a lot of people that are like, well, I can't do this. And the thing is, is that, um, and the thing is, is that you need to actually find out and absolutely know that you can't before yeah, you definitely. give up. Yeah. Yeah. And so Anna, what about you? So what yeah, have so you I'm done gonna... during COVID that you feel yeah, is kind so of Yeah, so obviously helped? our restrictions in terms of weddings are a lot more clearer. Um, mm. So, you know, we're, we've been restricted in the numbers um, of people that, that can be there. So it has really meant, you know, a lot of postponements um, in the wedding industry. Um, so, oh, am I still there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're um, all good. <laughs> the screen just changed. I mean, that's okay. Um, but, yeah, obviously it's mean a lot of postponements, a lot of kind of back and forth with couples, um, you know, wanting to postpone or cancel. Um, but yeah, I suppose for me, there's a couple of things that I've changed um, to kind of still a, to kind of still, I suppose, attract couples and, and get those bookings. So a lot of couples are scared to book, um, you know, with the unknown of what's going to happen. So I've changed in how I take booking fees. Um, I've kind of reduced it a little bit just so people are a little bit more comfortable with still going ahead and, and securing that booking. Um I've also had to change kind of my terms and conditions around postponements and cancellations because, you know, couples are, are asking a lot of those questions of, you know, what if this happens and what if we're still restricted at this time? Um, but other than that, like I, I suppose I've taken advantage of the situation to kind of build on other areas. So if I'm not doing weddings, it means I can really focus a lot more on my celebrant networking and my mentoring um, and we've been doing a lot of Zoom sessions and, um, you know, bringing in other kind of experts to chat to everyone. Yeah. But then really it's just the event space. So the event space that we have, um, events on Citrus in Brayside, it's it's going to be for intimate events. So essentially it's for 50 people or under. And we're, we're starting to promote it, but we're also just being really conscious of, of using COVID as a reason to kind of promote something. Yeah. It is quite still a sensitive topic for a lot of people. So I suppose it just means that because weddings aren't happening, I've just been able to focus on other areas of the business that I mm. suppose weren't really a priority. Um, and so, yeah, there's been kind of positives and negatives for my business, but I'm focusing on the positives as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think just some stuff that I did is that um, as soon as sort of COVID hit, I lost quite a few speaking gigs and things like that yeah. where I gave refunds to people because they were actually cancelling the event altogether. They weren't postponing it. Um, so I took a hit there. But then what I did is I just went straight to my speakers page and I, instead of just saying, you know, have me at your next event, it was like have me at your next online summit. If you want me to run a mm -hmm. virtual training, 
um, if you want me to be like present to your members group. So I just changed the language really quickly. And I think just having the control of my website to be able to do that was actually a real benefit too, where I could be really agile and move fast and make pretty quick decisions about what does the landscape look like now? What do I need to do that could, um, that I guess could, you know, make up for the stuff that I can't do as well. So I think you've got to make a decision as well about that. Like I think I don't think that it works for everybody, but I think it's something to think about. So Chrissy, um, what have you done uh, during COVID to mm. shift? Like, has it impacted your business? Have you kind of done anything different at all? Like, do how you know, have you to found be honest, it? I, I have never been busier. <laughs> Is that because there's kids at home? (laughs) There's kids at home and parents are trying to work out how to cope with it all. Probably part of it, but I feel like I had hit that peak just before COVID anyway. Like the community was growing, the following was growing, you know, the attraction was growing, all that sort of stuff. But I feel like because I had already had the course and I had some other things online, products and all that sort of stuff, I was set up for online anyway. And I run Zoom sessions all the time with families all over Australia, you know. So for me... I was really fortunate that I did the work with you prior to COVID. And then I saw all these people scrambling around trying to get all their businesses online, you know, and I was actually sitting back going, oh, my goodness, wow. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And I think that one thing that this pandemic has taught all of us in business is that we need to um, be really creative about having passive income so that when shiz gets real... (laughs) Or the world goes into lockdown again. Yeah. How do we survive and come out the other side? Yeah. You know, um, and that was another really big learning for me was about the passive income and generating that money coming in and having those things there that you've already worked so hard for. Yeah. You know, click, yeah. download, and buy. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of comes back to the business mindset as well of really being resourceful and resilient and, you know, thinking outside the box and kind of Mm. going, okay, when things happen, I kind of saw and I saw some businesses that kind of were like, well, there's nothing I can do. Mm. And other businesses that were like, what are we going to do? And I think even, you know, um, I had Fluffy Crunch and they did Fairy Floss on the podcast a while ago. And, you know, they were like, we just, because they were all events, they were like, we just saw 80% of our revenue go, but we were like, what are we going to do? And then they made sure that they sorted their online out. And I think there was 700% up on online sales and it's totally saved their business. So I think that business um, mindset of being really resourceful Mm. and resilient. And Mm. I'm almost going to say like, never say die. It's like, what are we going to do? I think is so important as well. And I, I thought what was really interesting too, was the amount of businesses that went under within three weeks, because clearly they were just running on empty. Do you know what I mean? Paycheck to paycheck or bouncing Mm. around paying rent or whatever it was. And if, if you're running a business that can't survive three weeks, you really need to look at, you know, clearly doing your course, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. about why your business is is not profitable enough for you to survive, yeah. say, a, mu- a month. Um, and yeah. the, do you know the other thing that I was so proud of was being a small business owner was just seeing the creativity that came out from so many yeah. incredible people 
of being able to flip things around so quickly to create a new way of thinking about their business and a new offering um, was just mind blowing to me. I was so proud to be a small business owner during that time. Like you really felt it, didn't you? That yeah. feeling of, oh, you just, I, I went through phases of be, feeling very incredibly grateful to yeah. being almost like having survivor guilt, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which was sort of a double edged sword of, well, I'm still doing really well, but I know so many people who aren't. Yeah. So, but you know, I've, I did the work. So. Yeah. And I was actually, I was on uh, Instagram messenger DM last night with one of our BBA ladies. And for anybody that knows me or is in BBA, I am a little bit obsessed with the pay it forward as in pay yourself forward. Yes. <laughs> it's just something I came up with. I have no idea, but I'm just like, you know, and she was like, yeah, I'm paid up until December. So we're mm. all good. Yes. And it's just really looking at being able to manage your money so that you can be scheduling payments for yourself in coming months. Yes. Um, and I am something that's something that I'm really kind of a bit obsessed with where mm. I'm like, you know, well, I know that I'm paid up until like beginning of next year, that mm. sort of thing. So that you can take holidays so mm. that you can take sick leave so that, yeah, you know, in your totally. own business, like if you take a day off, it doesn't mean that you're not generating money. Yes. Like you're already paid for at least, you know, three months or something. Um, and I've got another girlfriend who uh, does leadership coaching in corporate. She's like, I've always got six months salary in the bank, mm, which she kind of like built up over time. It course, wasn't like yeah. all of a sudden it yeah. was there. But I think once again, having that CEO mindset of mm. if we were to not, gener if I was to get sick, if some, if I was to whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, if I had to take three months, one month, three weeks, whatever it is, off in my business, could it survive? Yeah. And actually having that kind of mindset around, I am capable of actually making this happen, I think is such an empowered place yes. to be. Yes, it is. It is. It's really empowering. And I love that you encourage women to talk about this yeah. and take ownership of it. And, it, and, and, be confident to have those conversations around money, you know, um, and believe in yourself and understand that you're worthy. And you, do you know what I mean? Like all those sorts of messages that you teach us through the program as well, but just in life in general, yeah. um, <clears throat> I think is so incredibly important for us as women um, to, to take that full responsibility and ownership of that. Yeah, so good. Mm. I'm just going to yeah. come down. Marie's got a question. Anna, how do you think the wedding industry has changed during COVID and what have you done to pivot during the time to keep your business going? And yeah, and I mean, the wedding industry, I mean, it's not just celebrants, you know, it is photographers, it's florists, um, and the restrictions are different for everyone. Um, so, like, especially when it comes to, like, cakes or food and, and like, catering people, like, they, they can't work at all. They, they've, they've got no... I mean, they've got ways in which they can pivot and, I mean, you know, celebrants and photographers, um, you know, we've got ways in which we can pivot during this time, but there are lots of people in the industry that can't. Yeah. Um, and, and I suppose the biggest impact really in terms of our suppliers is with couples postponing, they're, they're more than likely postponing into 2021, which means that they're picking up dates from, you know, other potential clients. So... I'm moving couples from this year into a potentially a peak Saturday in 2021 where I can't now take a booking for that date. So yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, um, it, it, yeah, it's, in, it's definitely impacting us in that way within, in terms of the postponements and 
majority of mine I've been happy to postpone. Like it is a really tricky situation. And if I'm available, I'll do it. But it's going to get to a point if it, depending on how long this continues for, lots of businesses are going to be in a loss um, just because of the amount of postponements happening. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I can really see that, um, the wedding industry, like it's going to really change the landscape. And, it, yeah. and it's been happening over the last five years, I think, you know, but I think going forward to next year, if it all does reopen again, it's going to have um, not just be that Saturday is the key day. I really feel like it's going to be that Mondays might be the new Saturday, like might, might be the right. new Friday, if that makes sense, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. I think a lot of people will start to realise that I can get married on any day of the week. It doesn't have to be a Saturday. Mm. I don't need to have 100 plus people. I can have a really nice intimate wedding. Um, and, and look, lots of people are still going ahead with just the five people. Um, it was previously mm-hmm. 20. So I think people are still, I think people just want to be married. I don't think they care so much about the party and the celebration. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and lots of people are using COVID as an excuse because they don't want to have a big wedding. They don't yeah. want to disappoint mum. So they're, they're doing it because it's a perfect opportunity to get married and not have to spend so much money. Yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think there'll be definitely some new trends um, in terms of kind of intimate weddings and elopements. I think that will become a lot more popular kind of next year, um, obviously, depending on how long the restrictions go for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one thing that trends- I did really love seeing as well was um, Shay from the Virtual Wedding Fair and she's got Aria Photography. She was on the podcast yeah. a little while ago was that obviously she took all of it online so that yeah. it was now a virtual wedding fair instead of a physical one. So I think the other thing to really think about as well is that, um, you know, what are some of the trends? Because I love that you said that. What are some of the trends that yeah. are coming out of the current situation that could potentially apply to your business? How could you potentially be thinking differently about what it yeah. is that you're doing or how you could just change or tweak things? Or maybe you, you know, if you've lost a revenue stream altogether, what else could this look like? I just think that is such an important question to always yeah. be asking yourself when things don't work out exactly the way that you were either hoping or planning, um, you know, what else could this look like right now? And so I think just having yeah. that resilience I think is important too and I think that word pivot as well there's so many ways any business can pivot during this time and it's just about being creative and sitting down and going okay this is what I do and these are my restrictions but what can I do yeah yeah and these are the trends and actually these future trends could be like a massive opportunity for me so just another question how did you get your first client without the word of mouth uh i think and Marie, i think you're a celebrant too i remember you seeing you introduce yourself so i think i think in the celebrant world or the you know wedding industry or i mean in any business in general it's just really about how you kind of market yourself on social media so i find a lot of couples will find me just through instagram and i suppose it's really how you make yourself searchable um and there's a couple of tips i think um suze i've got emily osman that does some great kind of 10 tips um during bba and one of them is around kind of how you make yourself searchable in your particular area and what you do and a couple of other like tips tips and tricks around instagram yeah. And I think even though you might not have the content, um, you know, look for the inspiration and follow other wedding suppliers, you know, network, um, 
yeah, just kind of reach out and really engage with people and especially try and find some other celebrants in your local area. So one of, and that was a, probably another great thing that I did is I reached out to a couple of celebrants when I was very new um, that were in my area and that had a very similar kind of style and vibe to me. So I knew that if they were booked, they would potentially refer that couple to me knowing I was new and knowing that I had, you know, potentially availability. So I think it's Leah. Mm. Yeah, Leah reached out to me and, um, <laughs> and yeah, we caught up and we had a coffee and you just got to really find someone, yeah, that suits your vibe, that suits your style, who's going to attract a similar client and just really network. Um, I can't stress enough how much networking has done wonders for me. And can I also say with that, Anna, that mindset of community over competition oh, will yeah, absolutely save your business. So even yeah. this morning, there have been so many other business coaches that have shared about BBA, that Brand Builders Academy closes today. Make sure you check out Suze. And I'm just like, like, that's just amazing. So yeah. never think I don't want to connect with like other people who do what I do. Um, yeah. I think that I'm not saying that that should be your circle, but I think that it's about getting to know people who you're like, you know something, you're somebody who I can absolutely yeah. like get to know and work with and those sorts of things. And it's so worth it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something to be said, like, you know, um, you know, how do you get it without word of mouth? But, you know, can you create word of mouth? What are your tools to be able to do that? And, you know, can you get on and do stories? Can you get out there and, and, and push, like, talk about what you're doing and why you're doing it and who you're doing it for? And that might actually create what you're after, like that, that first booking. Yeah, awesome. Because, you know, you might not be able to do that in real life, but you can do it on social media. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like how many Insta friends do we have that we've never met where they're like besties? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good. Totally. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so I just wanted to come up to Louise had a question. What's your top tip for business planning, 90-day sprint or 12-month plans? Uh, are you okay if I take this one, ladies? Yeah, go for yep. it. <laughs> so um, the way that I normally teach my BBA ladies, Louise, is to have a 12-month goal so that you know what you're working towards from an annual revenue perspective and then you break it down. So you might break it down into quarters and so you know that for that quarter what we're ideally looking to earn is this amount of money and if we want to earn that amount of money we need to sell this many products or services and if we want to sell that many products or services then we need to take a look at like how we're marketing what we've got how how many leads are coming in what am I following up on how am I tracking those sorts of things so it's kind of like you do the big picture and then you break it down because when I've got people that say to me I don't know like I don't know what to do on a day-to-day -day basis, then it's actually really looking at, well, what's your annual goal, what's your quarterly goal, and now what's your monthly goal based on that big picture as well. Um, so let me know if that answers your question. Was that Leah? Going back up. Um, Louise, so let me know if that answers your question. Kelly's just asked, Jess, do you find you need to explain to clients the work BTS that and value dollar time? Yeah, that's a really good question. And actually we don't, but I think that that has a lot to do with how we've presented it and how we've actually put our packages together. Um, and I have to say like doing our packages was so painful. Like we spent two days like 
usually when we go away I want to be there like it's the best it was so painful like we it was horrible like we're sitting there going and like writing it on boards on the ground and and then (laughs) the actual designing of it was actually easy but um you know we are lucky that what we do is all about the visuals but you know the actual content of putting that those packages together it was horrible and yeah (laughs) I'm so (laughs) glad it's done um you how important it was so um yeah if you want to have a look at what we've done and how we've done it I'm really happy for you that um uh, you can go to our website and i think you go to the pricing and you have to sign up to our newsletter and then you get through to the uh, the actual uh, package it's like a 20 page document oh, that's amazing it's i ridiculous. love it yeah but you know um it's painful and you know putting together something that's painful like that is hard work but it's so worth it because not once have we ever had to explain about time um, because actually what um, happens now is that we put in far more time than we would have done before because people are valuing what we're doing and they're waiting to work with us. So, yeah. 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 And I think the other thing just with time and money, and it's come back to that value, is that if somebody, if you're kind of going, these are all the things that you get when you work with me, and hopefully 80 or 90% of that is not stuff you have to always physically be doing but they're actually just getting a lot more from you then that is also their their perception of the value that they're getting outweighs the price that they're paying so I mean I kind of think that the the big shebang which is what um, Jess and Crystal do all of the stuff that you get for the price they charge I'm like that's amazing yeah and so I'm not asking them to tell me how long it takes them to do it all I know is that I'm going to get an amazing result at the end of it as well I'm just conscious of the time we've got seven minutes left as well so I'm just going to come back down to um, questions do you have any suggestions for adding value to a product-based business I can add to that but do you either of you ladies have any thoughts because so you work you're with asking- businesses, Jess. So there's just a general question. It's not to anybody oh. in particular. Do you have any suggestions for adding value to a product-based business? Yeah, That's cool. Okay. Um, so obviously I'm going to have this on a really visual perspective. We build websites for product-based businesses. Um, and I think the key to doing this is really having great photography. Um, you know, it's interesting we've been working with a client that sells rugs and um, her images weren't very good and she wasn't selling very she was hardly selling any rugs to be honest and now um, since we've done her photography she's like making sales every single day and you know I think if you've got a product that's of, of any value you need to be able to show it in its best light so that's that's what I that would be my biggest tip for a product-based business. Yeah, And I think that goes to service-based business too. Um, you know, even invest, and one of the other things I invested in was doing a branding shoot. So a lot of people think Celebrants just stand there stand there on the day and, and say a ceremony, do a couple of paperwork things and we're done. Um, but there is so much more that happens behind the scenes. And if you can, in, you know, invest in a good branding photographer who can show that um, mm. and show your worth so that you've got that content to share with people, like I think, yeah, photography goes such a long way for your business and, yeah, good quality images that you can tell a story with, yeah, um, yeah, can do wonders for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you need one in and, Melbourne, yeah. then Jess is a great photographer. <laughs> yeah, and there's actually a lot of, 
good photographers in our group as well. You know, I am excellent, of course. (laughs) But, um, you know, we're so spoiled in Melbourne and actually a lot of the other states in in Australia. And um, the photography industry, particularly the branding photography industry, is so inclusive of each other. It's so about, you know, it's it's not about competition and that's, I think, a beautiful thing. Um, We all have a style and I think when you choose a brand photographer, it's really choosing someone that photos fit to you. yeah. yeah, and cool. Danny's right. Danny, just say get your head out there. So even if you are yeah. a product-based business, show your face. Show people the person behind the product um, because I know that when I post a photo of myself on social media compared to a lovely, you know, display of bouquets of flowers, the image of myself gets so much more engagement than anything else wedding-related on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. So if you own a product, make sure that you're showing your face and you're saying who you are and your kind of business journey because people will really connect with you as well as the product. Yeah. And the other thing that I would say is that people are like, well, how do I put packages together if I'm a product-based business? Well, I think the hamper industry is a great example. Like if I want to buy like a single gift, like a bag or a jewellery or whatever, then, yeah, I can buy that one thing. But if I actually want to make it an experience and really treat somebody, then I'm going to buy, you know, and I think um, Grazing grazing with Michelle did a really good job of this as well, is that she obviously did grazing boxes, but then when COVID hit, and I had her on the podcast a little while ago, she started making birthday boxes for kids and now she mm. works in the forest. So she can now give you, like, presents, she can give you flowers, wine, like, you know, just thinking about what is the experience that I'm selling mm. and so as a product-based business, how can I maybe create a, an amazing product that I have that is, you know, much bigger than a single product too. So I yeah. think just think about that. Um, Danny, my client's sales bookings have increased after they post an image of themselves. Yeah, amazing. So So that was the live webinar that we had. I have done a massive cleanup with the audio. And so obviously you could hear some kids and background noise and all the rest of it, but that is just a life right now as we are in lockdown. But I hope that the information that we shared, and I just want to give a massive shout out to Anna, Jess and Chrissy. I so appreciate them giving their time and sharing exactly what they've been doing in their business over this time as well. Make sure that you go and check them out. All of their links are going to be in the show notes for this episode. Uh, And all you have to do is go to suzechadwick.com forward slash pod, P-O-D, 118 to find out everything. Uh, You've got Anna Schmael. She's actually got a few different links. As as she was saying, she's a celebrant. She's got her... uh, celebrant society as well as her new venue location so go check out the links in the show notes for that jess from the who photography and design make sure you check her out and their big shebang if you're looking for visual branding photography and a website these ladies are the one to go to they're amazing and also a massive thanks to chrissy as well who has got calm connected kids her online course for parents who want to connect with their kids more and create a calm environment is now open as well when this episode goes live so just a massive thank you to those ladies their instagram handles will be in the show notes as well and 
If you're listening to this before the doors of BBA close and you've got any questions, let me know. Otherwise, you can go to suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA and join the waitlist for our next live round. Have an amazing day and an amazing week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold. 